So I'm going to preface tonight that uh, I am woefully ill-prepared for, for tonight's episode. Uh, I'm going to do my best, but um, I didn't read over any of my notes because I just came back from Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I <laughs> I am going to <laughs> um, say as much as I can without spoiling anything. Uh, on a scale of one to five thwips, uh, it earns it earns four, it earned four thwips. <laughs> what the hell's a thwip? Yeah, like when he shoots the web. Yeah, thwip thwip. This is why I don't watch Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, some of the fight scenes were like literally some of the best fight scenes that I've seen in the uh, in the MCU. Uh, just as much heart as the other Spider-Man movies and a lot of the other uh, MCU movies. Uh, Matt, see this as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going to say this, and after you watch it, this isn't a spoiler, but I want you to look out for something. Okay. In the first half hour, um, there is just something jarring where it's like, did an editor miss something? Oh, no. Yeah. So... Yeah, so look for that, okay. and we'll talk later. <laughs> All right. You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. All right, so we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. I don't know why I said it like that, guys. <laughs> but I do want to take a couple minutes to talk about C2E2. We just came back from there. Uh, did you guys have fun? Yes. It was all right. No. <laughs> oh, wow. I had a, no, it was a blast, as always. Nice. I have um, slowly put some of the videos from our interviews out on uh, our socials. Um, I've still got some more to put out. I also am going to put out an episode of all of the interviews so you can listen to them all at your leisure all at once. Um, that will be coming your way soon. Um, before we get into other stuff, there was some non-C2E2 news that happened over the weekend. Um, and I know that Tabitha, well, I mean, we were all kind of like, whoa, but I know, Tabitha, you were not happy about it. So let's talk about Anne Rice for a second. Okay, I forgot what happened. Honestly, this weekend was such a whirlwind. I'm like, man, what happened that I didn't like? And then I started thinking about it. <laughs> um, so while we were at C2E2, uh, the news broke that Anne Rice has passed away. Um, she had previously suffered a stroke, and she had died from complications. She was 80. Um, her son posted something that I just kind of want to read straight from her Facebook fan page. As my mother, her support for me was unconditional. She taught me to embrace my dreams, reject conformity, and challenge the dark voices of fear and self-doubt. As a writer, she taught me to defy genre boundaries and sur to surrender my obsessive passions. In her final hours, I sat beside her hospital bed in awe of her accomplishments and her courage, awash in memories of a life that took us from the fog-laced hills of the San Francisco Bay Area to the magical streets of New Orleans to the twinkling vistas of Southern California. 
In 50 years as an author, she published nearly 40 books that have sold over 150 million copies worldwide. She will be interred at the family's mausoleum in Metairie Cemetery in New Orleans in a private ceremony. However, the city of New Orleans is scheduled to host a public memorial, memorial service for her as well. Information on that will be coming. So. Wow. Yeah, it was it was definitely one of those things that like when the news broke, it's like I want to be happy, but now I'm not happy. Yeah. Well, it's like one of those things like we're getting to an age and I mean, while it makes me feel old, but like we're we're getting to the age where all of our heroes are dying mm-hmm. and like all those people like we grew up with are hitting these 80, you know, 80-year-old, 90-year-old ages like Anne Rice who yep. seemed you know these people seem eternal to you and then you get older not thinking that they're also getting older and then they die and you're like what what is time <laughs> and then you start you know doubting your own self-worth but you know whatever but <laughs> so sad we're just we're losing them all guys mm-hmm. so i guess to transition to a more of a happier part i guess uh let's open up the pull list and we've got a couple of books to talk about this week. Uh, the first one is Another Castle. It's out December 22nd from Oni Press, written by Andrew Wheeler, with art by Paulina uh, Gancio. So Misty is the princess of Veldora and is engaged to Prince Pete. Uh, she discovers a spy from uh, Grimory and is captured when she goes off to in Lord uh, Badlug's Reign of Terror in Grimory. Uh, Tabitha, I want to start with you on this one. What do you think? So it's very rare that we get something and I am like in love with it. Like I'm like, hey, it was all right. And then I start picking it apart because that's what we're supposed to do with reviews, right? I loved this. I loved the art. It made me laugh. It was creative. It was diverse. It was beautifully like plotted. Like the the way this story like flowed was like watching a really, really good like cartoon movie from your childhood. And like that's what this reminded me of. And I love Misty. I would fall on a literal sword for this person that doesn't <laughs> exist. And I like my favorite part happened like not very far in. And I'm like, this has me. I'm going to love this because she's getting her hair and makeup done for her her upcoming nuptials. And she notices that they're being spied upon and she jumps over the balcony to go, you know, figure out what's happening. And she said, we'll finish my nails later. I've got to defend the kingdom. And she's like, jumps over the balcony. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, she's coming back for her nails because she likes her nails done. But she can also go defend the kingdom. Like, snaps for Misty. I loved this. <laughs> yeah, I agree. This was this was such a good book. It was a lot of fun. A uh, lot of humor. Um, the art, you're, you're absolutely right. It was, it was like I was sitting in front of my TV watching a, you know, Saturday morning cartoon or something. Um, it was an anti-damsel in distress, uh, book, which I thought was awesome. You know, instead of her just waiting for Prince Pete, which, you know, sorry about it, Prince Pete. Prince Pete sucks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He has, he has well intentions. He's well intentioned. Yeah. But uh but yeah, Misty, you know, she looks to teamwork, you know. She does recognize that while, you know, she's not just going to wait for her prince to come, she does realize that she can't do this on her own and she does get, you know, 
get the help that she needs to save the day. Uh, also, I loved Lord Badlug. Mm-hmm. Like, from the first <laughs> moment I saw him, like, just from the way he was dressed to, you know, how, you know, just, like, his attitude I was loving, like, he just oozed douchebaggery, and I loved <laughs> it. I loved it. Uh, Matt, what did you think? Um, I did not get very far in this, just because time did not allow. Um, but yeah, I, I pretty much have to agree with you guys, especially with the uh, feel of like a cartoon movie from our childhood. Mm-hmm. And then it was just reinforced. You get to that first panel with Lord Badlog, and I'm like, is is, is this an episode of He-Man mm-hmm. and She-Ra? Because he looks right out of the, that kind of cartoon. Um, and it looks like it, Christmas Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Skeletor covered in snow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Skeletor? You know what? I don't hate that. I'd, I'd read that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it. Um, it as, as long as, again, time allows, I am going to go back and finish this because I'm already enjoying the characters, the world, the anti-damsel in distress um, theme that we've got going, and uh, just pretty much everything else. So, uh, Speaking of female leads who, you know, they're just getting it done. <laughs> um up next is The Rush number two. It's out now from Vault. It's written by C. Spurrier with art by Nathan Gooden. Uh, so Nettie is on a search to find her son. Um, we found out at the end of the first issue that her son has died. Uh, but she's not going to take that for an answer. And so she keeps on searching. Um, Matt, what did you think? Um, this definitely continues the feel and the vibe of the first issue um it's it's there's something brooding there's something growing there's a darkness like over the land and you can sense it you get a couple of glimpses of it um but you just get the feeling that even though you've seen this this character and his giant spider there's more to it and there's a bigger threat going on um, I do like the art. Um, it's kind of monochromatic, but it fits for like the feel that they're going for. Um, like I, I'm enjoying the story. My only thing is that it is very wordy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost wonder if the idea might have been better suited to an actual novel instead of a graphic novel. Um, just because like there are some panels that it's a lot of dialogue and you don't see a whole lot of the artwork, which is a little disappointing because again, the artwork and the coloration is, is really cool. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still in for this ride. I still want to know what this bigger, deep darkness is that, uh, is threatening everybody. Yeah. Um, I recognize that I started this show saying how, Oh, I just came from Spider-Man. I really liked it. Um, y'all know I don't like spiders and there is <laughs> just Spider-Man's. Yeah. There is one scene in this issue that I'm like, I, I, I don't like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, like overall, I like the story. I kind of agree with you, Matt. Um, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of words mm-hmm. and I don't read so good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this was my, I, we were talking about this before the show, like I couldn't get through this one. I couldn't get through the first one because I feel like this is a wonderful world that this 
author has built. Like these are great characters and they're fully fleshed out and like you hear them in different voices, but this this would make a great novel or a great series of novels or a great short story series. But as a comic, I just feel like it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Got a few trailers for trailer takedown. Uh, the first matchup, we have Fantastic Beasts 3 versus, and let me pull this up so that I can make sure that I say, the, say it right. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once um, is our first matchup. Um, so this new Doctor Strange movie looks really weird. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird is I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Well, clearly, everything, everywhere, all at once deals with the multiverse. Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. Eh, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I love Michelle Yeoh. Um, she is fantastic. Uh, this is an A24 film, and we all have talked about how <laughs> weird these movies can be. But I am here for this one. This looks awesome. I really need to know why the googly eyes are so important. <laughs> um, Fantastic Beasts looks cool. It's fine. Um, I know when Fantastic Beasts, the first one came out, I was like, oh, I might actually watch this. And then I never did. And here we are two movies later and I still haven't. So um, I am giving... Everything, everywhere, eight points, and Fantastic Beast gets two. Tabitha. So I'm really torn here because the first Fantastic Beast movie was fairly good. That second one was a hot dumpster fire full of steaming cow poop. I don't even. It was. It was so bad. It was, it was just so it was bad. Yeah, it was <laughs> honestly like it was. It was it was so bad. It was just so bad. Um, this one looks like it's almost going to redeem it, but at the same time, I can't in good conscience give J.K. Rowling any of my money. I cannot do it anymore. So, but I, are you giving her any of your points? I can't give her any money, so therefore I don't feel like I can give her any points. However, <laughs> whatever the hell, everything, everywhere, all of what, I don't like time travel. As we know, I don't like multiverse things, as we know. So this is like all the things that I don't like versus all the things that I don't like. But I can't give anybody zero, and I don't feel good giving anybody anything. So you've literally put me between like a rock and a hard place. But I'm going to give four points to Jude Law's beard, and I'm going to give six points to everything all at once because that's what I got left. That's just, I don't know how I feel about any of this. Everything all at once, the trailer gave me the worst anxiety of my life. Like, we were sitting there and, like, I like to explain my bodily anxiety as feeling thunder rolling in my hands. And, like, I was just sitting there like this the whole time. Like, I felt so uncomfortable. Like, I could not watch this. I would need, like, 75 drugs to watch this. (laughs) That might make it, like, even better. Not those kind of drugs. (laughs) I'm talking about, like, give me a couple Xanax and maybe let me sit down and see what happens. But whoo. Matt, what'd you think? Um, The Secrets of Dumbledore Fantastic Beasts trailer, it it does. It kind of almost looks like it can redeem 
this trilogy of films um, into something with a with a solid ending, um, you know, giving the characters a decent arc to finish out on. Um, but it's almost, and and maybe it's just because it's been so long since Harry Potter and all of those things and everything else. Like the world has moved on, and I almost feel like it's just we're past the point of this universe being relevant. Um, everything everywhere all at once. What a mind trip. Like that's just, I, I mean, it's everything everywhere all at once. Like I, I just, it, it is all of those different things happening all together. I, I have to know what is with the googly eyes though. There's, there's gotta be something else to that. And again, it's a 24. So we know that it's going to be friggin' weird, <laughs> but I'm here for it. Um, so I think I'm going to give six points to everything everywhere all at once and four points for Fantastic Beasts. So with a score of 20 to 10, everything everywhere all at once moves on. And it's going to face the winner of Naomi versus Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Um, Matt, let's start with you on this one. Um, this is hard because the Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur is something they've been talking about for a while. Um, the art style, this is just a teaser, so you don't get a whole lot. You don't get plot. Um, but this art style just is absolutely phenomenal. Um, it reminds me of old school Cartoon Network, you know, Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Laboratory, that kind of stuff as far as like the feel. Um, and I absolutely love that. Um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur are also characters that have always intrigued me, even though I've never gotten a chance to read any of the stuff with those characters. Um, I always do this. Naomi. Uh, Naomi. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know about this. Like, it could be interesting, but it's, it, it's going to be on the CW, and it feels like it's going to be on the CW. Like, it it feels like it should be Twilight light almost, and I I just I just don't know that even if the the writing and the characters are good enough to save what it could actually be um, from just kind of the hokiness that already kind of surrounds the the, the feel. Um, so I am going to go seven points for. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, just based on the vibe alone, and then three for Naomi. I really liked both of these trailers. Um, the the thing about Naomi, like she's one of those characters that I want to know more about, and stuff that I've read with her in it, like where she's like a supporting character. I dig. I'm here for. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like. All of the other superhero CW shows all tend to sit, like follow the same formula. Mm. They're all very angsty. <laughs> um, I feel like because Naomi is a teenager, I feel like that could work for this series. Uh, but still, at the same time, it's like there, there's a reason why I don't watch any of the CW shows. Mm. You know, um, Moon Girl was really cute. It's a teaser. We don't really know anything else about it, but like. 
this looks like a lot of fun this looks like a lot of fun um so i'm giving moon girl six points and naomi four um moon girl didn't give us a whole lot of plot but the animation of this looks fantastic like this just looks like so much fun um we got to have watching the Naomi trailer and I literally said what in the 2004 just happened because it looks like <laughs> I made that trailer on my old MacBook an iMovie when I first got it and it's like who's in charge of trailers at the CW and like who can I write a strongly worded letter about their font choices like this just I think this trailer did not do what the show is going to be justice it just looks really generic and aside from the main character, like all the acting and like it all just looked very, very forced and very 2004 <laughs> CW ABC family Disney Channel original movie to me. And like I can't I don't know. So I'm going to give eight points to Moon Girl and I'm going to give two points to Naomi because two seconds is how long they thought out that font choice. <laughs> I'm real mad about that font, guys. Like, I can't let it go. I can tell. Uh, so least... the score... What's that? It said at least it wasn't Papyrus. <laughs> oh, it might as well have been. Or Comic Sans. Comic Sans, <laughs> yeah. Papyrus or Comic Sans? Papyrus. Comic Sans makes me want to gouge my own eyeballs out with hot, rusty spoons. <laughs> I hate it so hard. Fantastic. All right, so with the score of 21 to 9, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur moves on. Um, so it faces everything, everywhere, all, everyone, all at every... Everywhere. Anyway. Every place. Every who. <laughs> oh, it's fighting all 13 doctors. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Time is a wibbly-wobbly thing. Oh. <laughs> Extra shame. <laughs> Alright, um, yeah, so, I am giving, I'm giving everything, everywhere, nine points. I don't know why. I just, <laughs> Me either. I just really, 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 really like this trailer. Um, it just, I don't know, there's just, unlike you, Tabitha, I love multiverse stories. I love time travel stories. So, yeah, so they're just like, I don't know, there's just something about this one just grabbed me. Um, will I see it? I don't know. I mean, do we do we get a lot of A24 movies in Springfield, Illinois? Weirdly, yeah. They really? just run for like a week. A week. Okay. <laughs> you got you to gotta time it just right. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, Moon Girl, I'm giving one point. Um, I feel like that's something that if we revisit this in a couple months with like a mm. formal trailer, I'm sure that it would get more points. But all I have to go off of right now is like, oh, the animation's kind of cute. Matt. Yeah, I think I kind of have to echo that. Um, yeah, I, there's really not more for me to say um, apart for I think I'm going to go eight points to Everything Everywhere and two points for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Tabitha. I'm flipping it around. Everything <laughs> all, whatever that very long unnecessary title is is anxiety inducing and i can't imagine any world in which i would physically put myself through that kind of trauma um i would watch moon girl like even based on just what we saw like that looks like a fun thing to turn on while i'm trying to fall asleep mm. um so i'm gonna give moon girl nine points and i'm gonna give everything all at once for the googly eye just one one go <laughs> one point for the one googly eye all right 
But that's not enough with a score of 18 to 12. Everything, everywhere, all at once moves on. Um, and Even the title makes me anxious. <laughs> <laughs> and that is this week's winner of Trailer Takedown. Um, let's get into some gut reaction. Oof! Gut reaction. And we're going to start tonight. Um, going back to the CW, it's been announced that um, their new superhero series is going to be Gotham Knights, um, which is it's it was originally a comic book uh, that kind of would, would center around uh, the rest of the Batman family, not necessarily Batman. Um, it's been adapted into a video game, uh, all this and that. I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Uh <clears throat> With with that, I mean, like, I need to know more. I need to know who are the supporting characters, um, and also how angsty is it going to be. I'm I'm a little worried, but we'll see. Tabitha, yeah, I agree with you. I feel like we're I need more. Also, at this point, like all CW shows, just to kind of make me nervous. So I'm also going to go with them sideways. Ooh, what if everything, everywhere, all at once got adapted into a CW series? That would make me want to watch it less, Mitch, not more. <laughs> Matt. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Gotham Knights, um, except for that it was a comic book. I watched the trailer for the video game, um, and the video game trailer was dark. Um, and I just don't, like, it looked so good in the video game trailer that now you're telling me it's going to be CW series. Uh, I'm going to take the video game over the CW angsty series and go thumbs down. Tabitha, let's read harder. Um, So every year, Book Riot, well, at least for the last seven years, bookriot.com hosts the Read Harder Challenge. The challenge is, set, is a set of 24 tasks developed to help readers broaden their horizons. Um, there is a Read Harder Challenge Goodreads group that you can join, as well as searching and using the hashtag, hashtag Read Harder. You can find a downloadable and editable PDF on the Book Riot website. So for 2022, there are, again, 24 tasks. Um, this is just five of them. Read a book set in a bookstore. Read a book in any genre by a person of color that is about joy and not trauma. Read a nonfiction YA comic. Read a book by a disabled author. Read a political thriller by a marginalized author. So I hate myself just enough that I signed up to do this. <laughs> just enough. In, in, in addition to another pop sugar reading challenge that I've decided to do. I love, I, I, I hate myself. <laughs> do you guys forget? Um, I love these reading challenges because you can either take a book, any book you want to read and mold it to one of the challenges, or you can interact with the people who are choosing the books and see what they are choosing or you know for the read a book by a disabled author there's a whole link of list of people like disabled pe like people with disabilities who are talking about their favorite books and so you can you know it's like a group it's like a big community i love this i tried to do it one year failed miserably so we'll see what happens for 2022 probably gonna fail miserably spoiler alert but i'm going <laughs> thumbs up <laughs> matt um, I have never attempted one of these because I, I'm a mood reader, so it's really hard for me to pick these challenges and sit down and go, okay, I'm going to read essentially two books out of this 
like challenge a month. Uh, I'm like, I don't feel like that right now. So I'm going to read this instead. And then I never get back to the challenge. I've read one book out to out of 24. I'm supposed to read. <laughs> um, I love the idea. I think it's fantastic. It's a great way to expand your horizons as a reader. Um, just, it just doesn't fit my reading style. Um, but I'm still going to go thumbs up for the whole process and the idea. Yeah. Uh, hardcore thumbs up on this. Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I want to do this, but, uh, yeah, I, I get distracted way too easily. Um, you know, I had recently got really excited because I finally finished a book that it took me over a year to finish because <laughs> I got to like, I don't know why it was, you know, it was dreams, dreams from my father mm-hmm. of my father from, from my father. From, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't write a book report, guys. That's, that's the thing. Um, but I started it. I loved it. I ate it all up. And then I got to like the last hundred pages and I'm just like, I want to not read this. It's it, I don't know why. I still enjoyed it when I did see, sit down to read it. But I would just be like, okay, I read like a couple pages. Let's do something else, you know? So that would 100% be what would happen with me in this. Are you afraid of the ending? Just no. like, are you afraid of things ending? No, no. not at all. What are are we ending this? Is that no? I'm just okay. asking because there are a lot of people <laughs> out there that like can't finish, like they can't watch the last episode of a TV show because once they finish it, it's it's gone forever. Oh so. no, I'm I'm very much a completist. Like yeah. you know, one of my one of my biggest fears is that you know, like I'm gonna die and not get to see what else happens on Doctor Who or something. You know, like <laughs> I get it. Do, yeah. do they have Do they have TV in heaven? Do I get to go to heaven? <laughs> I, guess, I guess I need to start small. But anyway, read harder. Uh, definite thumbs up. Does it cost money? No. It's totally free. Yeah. Okay. And you don't have to do all the challenges. And it's, it's like I said, you can basically, like I know you said you're a mood reader, Matt, but like you can kind of bend these to your will. Like you don't have to like go out looking. It's not like they give you a list of books. Like I hate those reading challenges mm-hmm. that give you a list of books because I'm not good at that. Like, it feels like a signed reading at that point. And then I'm like, it, my inner rebellious teenager is like flipping everybody <laughs> off. Like, no, I'm not doing it. Um, but when it's like this, like you can find any book and find somewhere on this list to check it off. Like some of them are very easy. Like read a book under 200 pages. Like there, there's some real simple ones. But you want to join me? I might have to. Let's do it. It could be a thing. We, it could, yeah. it could the, be a thing. It could be a thing. Yeah. Like All a right. Hashtag thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on. Uh, one of my favorite comic books in the last few years that like I it's one of those comic books that like I love it, but I I have multiple issues that I need to read. But it's called The Wrong Earth, which I, I think I've talked about on the show before. It basically it follows this character. Uh, named Dragonfly in two parallel universes. Okay, uh, there's one where he is like he's basically a total ripoff of Batman. Okay. He's got a he's got a sidekick, all that kind of stuff. There's one world where it's like the campy's sixty TV series Batman, <laughs> and then there's the other one where he is like a dark Batman Begins vigilante type. You know, so their new um, their new series it's going to have five standalone specials all set on different Earths than the ones that we've already talked about. 
Um, there's one that, like, when I first saw this, I got really excited about because it's being written by Gail Simone. Um, but this one is called Trapped on Teen Planet, which is, like, has a very archy vibe to it. it sounds angsty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, there's also another one. It's called The Wrong Earth, Purple Number One. Um, <clears throat> so this introduces Earth Kappa. It's a dark but glossy world of big hair, shoulder pads, Wall Street traders, uh, rubber super suits, and <laughs> funk music. Yeah. Um, I am totally here for this. Uh, thumbs up. I cannot wait. Tabitha. Yeah, this sounds like a lot of fun. Like, you had me at that, like, 90s version. When I'm like, yeah, big hair, shoulder pad, sign me up. <laughs> Thumbs up. Matt. That sounds a lot of fun, and I love when they do that kind of stuff, so I'm, I'm here for it. Thumbs up. Tabitha, let's go to Sweet Valley High. Oh, God. Do we have to? Okay. You chose um, this story. I know. Endless life. I hate my life sometimes. <laughs> but mostly because I have to talk about the freaking CW again. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, um, so, oh, guys, just so you know, spoiler alert, I got us a TV deal. On the CW. I, I'm going to make the trailer because it's going to be better than the Naomi <laughs> one. <laughs> Give me five minutes. I don't even need a computer. Let me just do it on my phone. Um, <laughs> God, I'm real salty about that trailer. Anyway, uh, we briefly talked about this at some point when the rights were sold for the Sweet Valley books to be made into a TV show. Now we have additional details, essentially. Stephanie Savage and Josh Schwartz are taking the show to the CW. Um, Schwartz and Savage are the duo that turned the Gossip Girl books into the Gossip Girl TV series. And they're also the showrunners for the CW's Nancy Drew reboot. Um, Sweet Valley will be written, however, by Ashley Wigfield, who worked on Runaways, Looking for Alaska, and the HBO Gossip Girl reboot that's recently come out. We don't have any release date, no casting news. Um, I kind of am going back and forth between thinking this is in really good hands because plot twist, Gossip Girl is my guilty pleasure and I understand that it's a dumpster fire, but (laughs) man, I love that show. And the writing for Runaways, like Marvel's Runaways, was like one of the only redeeming qualities of that television show. So knowing that that's who's in charge of it makes me have hope but then you're gonna stick it on the cw and then it's just not not where i wanted it to be like that could have literally gone anywhere even like hbo where gossip girls reboot is and i would have felt better about it so i'm probably Mm. still gonna give it a shot unless it looks super hokey um but i'm gonna go thumb sideways matt i think this is one of those things that with the people that are behind it and because of actually where it's going it's going to fit well but it also could be one of those diamond in the rough kind of things Mm. where even if it is on the cw even if it is kind of angsty and fits in with the other cw shows it might be like that gem that's basically better than it should be for where it is so i'm gonna give it a cautious thumbs up i'm going thumbs sideways um i'm very sorry but sweet valley high just doesn't I don't I don't see a world where Sweet Valley High is cool in 2022. I mean, just don't. don't get me wrong, I'm not watching it. I just think the idea and the people that are doing it have a have a chance at success. Oh, if Tabitha wants you to watch it. How much Night Day Fiance have you watched? More than I care to admit. <laughs> anyway, so moving on. <laughs> Uh, Boom Studios has announced a new graph- original graphic novel. Uh, it's called Hollow. 
it's uh from uh lumberjane's co-creator uh shannon walter waters i'm sorry um so i'm just gonna read what she had to say about the project she says uh hollow is the queer teen love story meets spooky goofball supernatural caper that my scooby-doo-ified young self had wish existed uh basically uh it follows um this girl named izzy and she's in sleepy hollow and you know headless horseman stuff ensues (laughs) (laughs) um Trust me, this sounds way better than the description that I just gave for it. <laughs> uh, I am giving this a thumbs up. Um, it just, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and also, like, the story of Sleepy Hollow is oddly one of those stories that I that I really enjoy. So, yeah, I'm excited. Tabitha. Um, yeah, this sounds like it checks all my boxes, weirdly enough. So I'm going to give this a thumbs up, even though I do have that weird hatred for Scooby-Doo, but it's just because I was always annoyed by the villain. <laughs> Because you could have done a better job? Uh, yeah, obviously. But also, it was always like, I don't know, it's it's one of those TV shows that I just think is not great for kids. It's like, it was the adult that you should have probably trusted the whole time. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. That and the boxcar children teaching you not to not to trust anybody. It's fine. Oh, I love the boxcar children. Oh, man, don't get me started. We'll be here but, forever. But see, here's the thing. <laughs> we will be here forever. Here's the thing, though. The, the boxcar children being bad for children is the hill I die on. You say that it teaches children to not trust people. I loved the boxcar children, and I am way too trusting. Maybe that's your problem. <laughs> you saw all the mistakes they were making, and you were like, oh, no, I don't want to be like these guys. <laughs> we can do a deep dive into this, can't we? I could be here five ever. <laughs> <laughs> do I need to, like, pay you? Like, do, do you take my insurance? Nope. Like, okay. It's I'm, free I'm, service. Yeah. All right. Well, we're into this episode <laughs> early, guys. <laughs> did Did you give your thumb? Oh, I don't remember, but it's thumb sideways. Okay, <laughs> Matt. Um, I just think this sounds great. Um, there, there's really nothing about this. This doesn't sound fun and interesting. So I'm just, I'm just gonna go thumbs up on this one. Um. So. Tom King is writing Batman again. Uh, he is writing Batman Killing Time, which will be released in March. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give this a thumbs. Give it a thumbs up. <laughs> I <laughs> thumb. Well, I was going to go thumbs sideways because I know that Tom King is kind of a uh, uh, people either love him or hate him mm. on Batman. Um, so like I'm kind of cautious about that, but at the same time, it's like I actually I enjoyed him on Batman, so I'm I'm okay with it. So yeah, thumbs up, Tabitha. Uh, don't have a horse in this race. Haven't read a Batman comic since I was 11. So <laughs> thumbs up because you're happy, <laughs> Matt. Um, my Batman comic reading experience is limited to, um, the Scott Snyder, uh, Greg Capullo run, um, and which then like led me into uh the tom king run of batman so uh, 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 no i don't have a whole lot to compare batman writers to apart from like those two experiences but if tom king wants to come back and do more batman i'm all for it thumbs up tabitha let's talk about going to the sun yeah uh my title for this is might as well be walking on the sun because i had it stuck in my head the whole time i was doing these notes (laughs) 
Nice. <laughs> oh, and then I just, I, I mitched myself uh, in this whole thing. <laughs> I really did. Because my notes are as follows. NASA has tasted Corona. Well, the sun's Corona. And by tasted, I mean touched. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How I feel Sometimes when I, I like make my notes, I like have conversations with myself. It's, um, I need a hobby. Um, the Parker Space Probe entered the corona or the atmosphere of the sun back in April. Um, we just now found out because it was taking them a while to process the data and make sure everything was correct and they didn't want to, you know, make a premature announcement and then people then have to turn around and be like, oh, actually, that's not what happened. So on April 28th, Parker was 8.1 million miles or 18.8 solar radii from the sun's surface and encountered particles and magnetic conditions expected to be found within the corona. So basically found what we thought was there. The goal is to figure out why the corona is hotter than the actual surface of the sun. Um, like I said, they didn't announce it immediately. We're just now finding out. Um, and then last month, Parker actually passed closer to the surface of the sun. Um, so it's likely that this pass involved like a longer passage through the corona. So we'll probably get more detailed data like funneled down from that. Um, this is the first man-made item that has ever touched the sun. So just... Super interesting. I don't know. Makes me a little nervous. Like, maybe don't go out there and just, like, poke the sun. But, you know, <laughs> what do I know? I'm not NASA. But I think this is super cool. And I've always been, like, a huge fan of outer space. And, like, the more we know, I feel like the better prepared we are for, you know, any cata any catastrophic event that could, you know, Armageddon us and Bruce Willis wouldn't be available. So, thumbs or, up. Or aliens. Or aliens. If there are, you know, people on the sun, that would be nice to know, I guess. Matt. This is how all those disaster movies start that we hate so bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really cool, but... <laughs> Somebody pokes the sun and it just falls. <laughs> I, it's going to collapse in on itself and we're all going to die. What if it popped like a balloon? That's what I'm saying. We don't... I guess we're going to find out. Mm -hmm. So, cool that they got there, but... I don't know. It makes me kind of nervous. Just Some explodes, creates a whole black black hole, sucks yeah. the earth into it. We end up on the other side of the universe still, and we don't know it. We're just like, <laughs> do you guys feel a breeze? <laughs> it's like our own everything <laughs> everywhere all at once. Somebody leave a oh window God. open. Don't even. Oh, God. As long as gravity doesn't give up, we're going to be fine, guys. <laughs> did, you, did you give a thumb? Oh, sideways. Okay. Because um, <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I am giving this a thumbs up. This is really cool. Uh, but they didn't have to go all the way to the sun to figure out why the corona is hotter. It's hotter because it has to wear a mask. Oh, my God. <laughs> this time of year, whenever you ring your bell, do I have to like give you like a quarter like you're in the Salvation Army? <laughs> You do now. <laughs> you currently owe me 50 cents. <laughs> I thought it was starting now. No. Uh -uh. It's retroactive. <laughs> to the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at least it's not like super retroactive. <laughs> beginning of the year. <laughs> beginning of time. You would owe me so many quarters. Especially with that infinity shape. Yeah. You would owe me infinity quarters. Oh. I don't even know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> so... Speaking of not knowing how things work, we have two <laughs> we have two stories left. They're both NFT stories. Um, only one is going to be 
gut reaction because the last one is just it's just funny and <laughs> I just want to talk about it. So, um, so earlier this week, um, the Twitter account for Stanley had a little uh, had a little gift for people. Um, the tweet included an image of Stan's uh, superhero uh, Chakra the Invincible, um, which is the first um, Indian uh, Stanley's first Indian superhero. So the tweet said, uh, "Quote from championing cha- championing <laughs> from championing diversity to embracing new tech, Stan was one step ahead of the curve. To honor his innovative spirit, Stan's first Indian hero, Chakra the Invincible, uh, debuts in his own NFT." digital art collection and then it like sends you to a link to sign up to get the nft or whatever um i'm giving this a thumbs down um i will talk more about how much i don't like nfts but like (sighs) i say this with all the love in my heart stan lee was a man in his 90s if he were alive today he would not know what nfts were he would not approve of this great or or he may have i don't i don't know i don't i never claim to know the man but like i've met other 90 year olds they don't understand nfts thumbs down Tabitha. i'm one of the 90 year olds that you know that doesn't understand nfts uh yeah no stanley i don't think would have would have would have approved at all i don't understand nfts i've tried and at this point, I just don't really care. Um, but no, thumbs down. Matt? Yeah, he may have been a fan of technology, but I also think that there's a certain point where he would have said, this is ridiculous, we're not doing it. And I think this crossed that line. So thumbs down. All right. So our last story of the night. So there was this NFT. Uh, it's called the Bored Ape. And it... Uh, so it was originally supposed to sell for about $300,000, but it sold for $3,000 <laughs> because somebody misplaced the decimal. What is this, office space? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So the, uh, let me see. Yeah, so... They meant to price the NFT at 75 Ether, which is around $300,000, but accidentally typed 0.75 Ether. And before they could fix it, somebody bought it. Welcome to the internet. The fifth element called. It wants its plot back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the guy who kind of messed everything up, he said that... uh, said quote a li- I list a lot of items every day and just wasn't paying attention properly I instantly saw the error as my finger clicked the mouse but a bot sent a transaction with over eight ethers which is thirty four thousand dollars of gas fees so it was instantly sniped uh, before I could cl- click cancel and just like that two hundred and fifty thousand dollars gone I only understood about a third of what you just said. That's all right. I I understood uh, a quarter, and I was the one saying it. I don't want to live in a world where NFTs become our currency. It doesn't even matter. We're just making shit up for currency. What the hell is an ether? I I don't know. I don't know, guys. Like, 
We started with, like a we started with Bitcoin, but now there's like three hundred different kinds of digital currency. And I what? Can it's we- like I I want to buy something and I don't have enough money. I'm just gonna make up my own cryptocurrency to use it to buy shit. Like I what? I mean, to be fair, that's how we got money. But uh. guys, <laughs> let's let's create our own cryptocurrency. Geekcoin. That feels complicated. <laughs> um, we'll just put Pickett on it. We'll we'll team up Pickett and not Seth. It'll be for the first episode of uh, Tech Talk. Tech Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I just. I still I don't understand NFTs. I uh-uh. like I don't even like downloading like comic books onto my phone because I still don't own that comic book. I paid four bucks for it, but I don't get to hold it in my hands. I if I'm gonna pay thirty three hundred thousand dollars for a board ape, I want to be able to hold a board ape in my hands. That sounds weird. I, you know, I kinda... I would pay that to <laughs> hold an actual board ape in my hand. <sighs> <laughs> right, just like a mini ape that's like oh my god this lady is so dull <laughs> take him to work put him on your desk oh my god he'd be the boredest ape <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on who else is working that day yeah that's yeah. fair yeah. you just watch me rage all day yeah. might be able to teach some of your co- co-workers a couple things true oh yeah, I'm liking this idea. Where do I get a tiny bored ape? <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any ether? No, fresh out of no, ether. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know then. No, like I, I've, I've done some research and I kind of understand what NFTs are. the The best way I've seen it described as, like, purchasing an NFT is owning the original of a piece of artwork instead of buying a print. Which I kind of get, but at the same time, it's digital. You don't really ever have possession of it. Mm -hmm. So how can you put value on that essentially non-existent digital item? Exactly. Like, that's, that's the part that, like, I get the concept. I just don't understand it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And like, and I even do kind of maybe understand the idea behind buying it a little bit, but like to that extreme, no, if I'm paying thousands of dollars for something, I, I want to actually own it. Not just be like, oh yeah, guys, I see. I, 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 I have two things, a board ape NFT and a girlfriend in Canada. <laughs> and they're both saving to the hard drive. <laughs> I think my problem is, is like, I mean, <laughs> that's a that's a problem. But I think my biggest problem with these is like, in the art world, you go and you, you purchase art that people have created, and I don't think there's anything wrong with digital art. But at the same time, you're not like, how do you share that with somebody? Like, how do you tell somebody you have you have you own the board ape? You take a picture of it, you put it on your phone. Now everybody sees the board ape. Like, but how do you prove it? Like, how- everybody else can take a screenshot of it and pretend that they own it too. Right. Exactly. It's just, I don't know. It hurts my soul. It's like a bunch of fake Picassos. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me literally nauseous. So. <laughs> That's a really faux passo. 
<laughs> you did so well this weekend. And you know, part of me was wondering if it was because I didn't have immediate access to my bell without like running at not Seth and tackling him for the backpack. But Yeah, I prayed I, think, I prayed on your laziness. Yeah. You did. You did you truly, truly did. Next year I'm just gonna wear it around my neck. People will be like, what is she cosplaying as? An annoying bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. So we we are going to uh, end this episode right here. uh, Mostly because I want to make sure to get tonight's episode edited and uploaded so that I don't make Matt's mom angry at me ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Lynn. (laughs) She's going to listen tomorrow and be like, oh! Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Something to listen to on Friday. Yep. <laughs> so that is going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, we'll be back next week. we got a couple of interesting episodes to f- finish out the year. Huh? So um, mm-hmm. more more information on that uh, as the week goes by. But uh, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, follow us on social media. Uh, tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at geekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Reddit. That's yes, a thing now. So, Reddit people. Though. Yeah. Woo. But wait, it's you're, It's not cool if you tell people you're on Reddit, right? Like, Reddit's weird like that. Like, I don't know. Reddit is not the underground that it used to be, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. There's an app and everything. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know where I was on our in my, on my outro. So, yeah, we'll see you next time. Everybody say bye. Bye. bye.